Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey guys, Brian Davis here from Spark Rental. Super glad that you are joining us today. And joining me today is Mike Stoller, who's the co-founder of The Richer Geek. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure and glad to be on. Well, I'm excited to have you on because you have a background that's unlike most of the guests that we have on the show and certainly unlike my expertise or, or Denny's expertise. So, you know, as you guys join us, you know, let us know where you're tuning in from, what your questions are for Mike, and we'll, we'll try to cover these. And uh, Mike, let's kick things off by just starting at the very beginning, you know, how you got started in real estate investing. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we're uh, from small town, Indiana, and we wanted to get out, you know, kind of do something a little bit better. And uh, as everyone picked up uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and said, oh, this must be it. The little purple book. The little purple book. And, you know, we got started, I called PG, which is the pre-Google days, pre-internet days. So I couldn't Google how to be a landlord. The buying the homes and the rentals, and we ended up having eight rentals. That's the easy part. How to become a landlord and what to do, all the notices, just everything. I had no clue. And, uh, boy, within a year, failed miserably. I know and, how that goes. Oh, my gosh. You know, because you just, what do we do? How do we do it? Um, and we gave them all back, sold our house, had to move in with my wife's parents. I'm a complete, utter disappointment and failure. And it just dejected. And years went by. And I was, both of us were like, you know, we can't give this up. This We've got to figure it out. So got back into it. And I said, you know what? Now there's Google. <laughs> now there's ways. And I actually went to work for a little bit with the property management group to learn how to do it. And I took that. And then I started out and bought a single family home, then a fourplex, then churned it, eightplex, then 28plex, then a 50plex, and on and on and on and on. And to the point where I quit my regular job and said, you know what? I can actually do this. And I ended up uh, owning and managing around 14, 1500 doors. And then I was getting these unsolicited, this is, I'm out in Arizona. So I was getting these unsolicited offers of crazy prices for my apartment complexes. And to the point where two or three offers later, I was like, you know, I'd be a fool if I didn't do this. So I ended up selling. And the thing is, we're getting four cap rates, three and a half, four, four and a half percent cap rates. I was like, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, I don't want to buy something at another four, four and a half cap. Right. Well, as your listeners know, it's all about mentorship. It's all about networking. It's all about getting involved in the local uh, area networking groups. And I happened to come across a guy that had about 25 years experience in the hotel business. And I approached him and said, you know, I have nothing, nothing to do with hotels. Don't know anything about it. I'm going to make you a JV partner. 
give you something on the back end. Teach me how to do hotels. Find me one. Teach me. And then we can become partners. And that was the beginning of the transition into hotels. And now we own several hotels. Love it. We're getting ready to do uh, three builds within the next couple of years, ground up builds. And most of those are going to be either some type of a JV agreement or syndication. Well, Mike, you covered a, a lot of ground there in a very <laughs> short did. period of time. So uh, let's let's rewind a little bit. So you you hit rock bottom with the initial round of oh. uh, of single family rental oh. properties. Uh, I I know how that goes myself. Um, I, I was fortunate not to have to move in with my my in laws, <laughs> but I did have to. Uh, I mean, I, I I took a loss on most of my my first dozen properties that I bought. Yep. Um, and some of those losses, you know, ended up happening many years later, but uh, it was, yeah, negative cash flow and, and ended up losing hundreds of thousands of dollars total, you know, when there was all said and done, it was quite painful and, and <laughs> I mean, painful financially, painful emotionally, you know, it's, it's hard on your ego. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I certainly understand where you're coming from there. So you, you got back into it a little bit later, you started with a single family home and then you went to a, a fourplex. How did you, uh, how did you make that transition from the fourplex to, you know, the larger commercially, uh, zoned property yeah because uh, that's a that's a tricky transition for a lot of new it investors. is it was very tricky and once we started getting into the some of the larger ones i had the fourplex fixed it up just kind of sold it and then was able to get like a seven or eight plex and then it got started getting a little bit trickier because uh, then the uh the the great you know this was like 2010 2011 good time uh, to buy Great time to buy, but you know, the banks weren't lending. Right. So then I went to this 28 unit and what was happening in the commercial with multifamily at that time, it could be hundred percent occupied. It could be cash flowing, but if his or her balloon payment came up their five year, you know, if they bought the height of the market, 2006, 2007, you know what, 2012, that balloon, that five year note is up. Right. And then now they owe, 800,000 more than what it's worth on paper, even though it's cash flowing. So these people didn't know what to do. It's like, man, I have this asset and I can't do anything with it. So I went in with the 28 unit and actually did seller financing and wow. uh, did uh, paid off what he was, the, the difference, did it for a three-year sell, uh, seller financing note. And the end of the three years, then the pandemic was, or not pandemic, but the, the, uh, the whole recession was over and I was able to get funding. Uh, and then it was fix that up, um, sell it. And, you know, I was doing everything by myself. And then I went from 20 unit to a 50 unit. And then, and then it was just on and on and on. So you didn't have any like limited partners or anything like that. Yeah. It was just you and your, your personal money. Yep. Those are big properties to buy with just personal <laughs> cash. Yeah, I yeah guess it was. It yeah, was. It helps but, to know, have a high just, income. <laughs> it helps to have a high that. income, and um, and you know, there's other ones in there. So I, you know, I was just selling them off and then saving the down payment. Maybe I needed a hundred thousand or you know, a couple hundred thousand of my own, along with that ten thirty one exchange, and it just kind of built up and built up and built up. Uh, and then I got to the point where on one of my complexes, I had for ten months and made uh, a little over a million dollars net. 
Wow, ten, months, ten on months. It. <laughs> um, and it was just like the timing of when I was buying it at eight and nine caps to when man, I mean, everyone out in California, everyone hit, everyone was buying everything sight unseen, and they were just. I was like, I, I have to sell it, you know. But what am I going yeah. to do, you know? And then it just kept happening to the different ones. And that's when I was like, I have to get something that is better. You know, the, the hotels were now at, at 10 plus cap rates. You know, if you, if you look at it that way, we really don't look at cap rates with businesses, but if you did, it would be about a 10 cap, 11 cap. So what was your first exposure to hotels? I mean, where, where did you get the, the initial idea to exit multifamily and enter mm-hmm. the hotel space? Well, the idea was, I just... I thought at that time, these people are fools for buying my complexes for this amount of money. <laughs> yeah, the three and a half cap or something. You know, and I'm like, oh, compressed that's like that. stupid. I would never buy my this these properties for that compression. Right. But then I was like, and I'm going to have to be someone else's fool. And now it becomes a speculation because now the cap rates are starting to get lower than the interest rates. And you're like, you're now speculating uh, on whether or not you can make money uh, long term. So I was like, what other asset do I want to do self-storage? Do I want to do this? You know, and I was like, going, you know what? It would be kind of cool to go sit at my own hotel bar and have a drink. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I like was like, going, so there's kind of like this ego of, I kind of like to have a hotel. It's a business. And I want to go into my hotel and be the boss, you know, and have, be able to run it and be able to just experience that, you know, the type of business. Cause I was really, really, really getting tired of tenants. Um, I you know, I that. used to love people, but now, now it's like, I just can't stand people. You know, I'm being that, you know, being facetious a little bit, <laughs> it, you know, it's just like, God, if I never see another tenant in my life. Yeah. Property uh, management can make you very <laughs> jaded and very, get very jaded and, and people take advantage of you. And, yep. and I like the hotels where it's like on, Hey, you're here for a night or two and get out. Right. <laughs> well, and I think that's why so many people like Airbnb investing too, as mm-hmm. opposed to long-term rental investing. It's a lot Absolutely. easier to deal with short-term guests. You know, yes, they can come with their own problems. You could throw a big party in your property and so forth. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're gone pretty quickly and they don't become a long-term headache for you. Yeah, exactly. And the type of hotels that we usually deal with are limited service where they, yeah, you get the free internet, the free breakfast, and then you're gone. It's more of a transient type of a hotel, which we like. So the idea to invest in hotels really was just a, I mean, it sounds like it was almost a whim. Like, you know, yeah. what would be more fun than having a drink at my own hotel bar? Like, it it was, you know, plus the cap rates and, and the fact that I knew a person that I could lean on. Ah, as your well, listeners know, it, it's all about mentorship. Don't, I would never have bought a hotel without that JV partner teaching me you know, and, and took me through the process of from buying it to running it. And he's still operating it, you know. So is this someone that you knew previously and, and that's what helped give you that idea? Or did you yeah, seek this it, person just a out? Network, just a network guy. Uh, it was a um, a broker friend of mine's friend. And they did a, an intro call okay. you know, and, and we met, you know, at a place. And I said, look, this is what I have. I have the money. I need I need to identify something now. Because I'm getting ready to sell these complexes, I have the money. Um, I'll give you the property, the property management fee plus something on the back end if you do this and teach me. You know, give him an incentive. And could you do? I know you did 1031 exchanges with your previous properties. Were you able to roll that forward into a hotel? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's still real estate. It's still, even though hotels are businesses, it's still within the real estate world. I could have rolled it into um, hotels, self-storage, uh, RV parks. It's still kind of like a real estate type of a thing. What I could not do is go out and, and buy a Ferrari and a Van Gogh and, you know, right. all those, types of, you know, those are a different type of investments. So it's still like kind from multifamily to hotels. Absolutely. Okay. So you started asking around people, you know, you know, mm-hmm. broker, real estate brokers and, and uh, you know, asking, you know, Hey, can you connect me with someone who is an expert in the hotel investing space? You found, found a mentor that way. Um, and you negotiated with them a JV deal where they, they get a piece of the action in exchange for mentoring you through the deal. So, so tell us what happened after that. Yeah. And then, at, you know, at first I was going, why is he picking this hotel that's outside of this area, you know, and, and da, da, da. And the learning experience of the growth, just knowing how to do hotels and where you put them and how you what works, whether it's an urban hotel or outside of, you know, small town, just those drive factors. And so what happened was we buy it and then I'm like thrown into the fire. I'm like, my gosh, it takes seven or eight months to close these deals. And you have to be, get pre-approved with the franchise. You know, if it's a choice hotel, they aren't just going to let some random person own a hotel and give their hotel a bad name. So there's all that negotiations. There's there's 30 or 40 different vendors that you deal with from breakfast foods to the silverware, just to the ink. I mean, just everything. So it was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? This this is now a business. I it's have, a business, yeah. I have 18 employees now that I have to take care of. And how do we work the software? I mean, it's just all this sort of stuff, the reservation systems and the third parties. So it, it threw me into the fire. But it was fun. I had gotten to the point with all these multifamily, I was getting lazy. You know, I was just going to collecting, you know, going to the properties once a month, saying hi to the property managers, you know, the on-site managers. I was golfing, you know, so I was getting lazy. You know, it was, it was a good life. Yeah, you weren't working at this point. You, you had quit your full-time job. I had quit my full-time job, and I was just waiting for the money to roll in, you know, with the multifamily. It was a good life. Um Wow. I was like going, okay, I just got sucked back into an 80 hour a week job. Right. Basically running this one hotel and helping to run it. So it was a a transition that was just like, okay, here we go. And then I just started falling in love with it. It was just, it was so fun learning the business side, you know, that I just, I wanted to punish myself and, and keep it going and buy more. All right. Okay. So you enjoyed running a hospitality business, which, yeah, I mean, it very much is a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the learning curve is extremely sharp. So how did you go from that first hotel to buying more? I had a couple of years of learning. Then I was like, okay, let's, let's keep this going. And so I decided to learn how to do syndications and just started looking around and got a broker that had 20, 25 years hospitality experience. And they kind of taught me through these different things. Because there's no training. There's no one out there where you can go, this is how you buy hotels. Like there are multifamilies and fix and flips and, and short-term right. rentals. There's nothing like that. Um, matter of fact, people are wanting me to actually start 
these how do you transition from multifamily to hotel type seminars and you know whether or not i have time in the future to do that but what i did is like you know it's i just wanted to scale the business so i uh, started doing syndications and um the last one i bought was unfortunately 2019 fall of 2019 right before yeah so i'm like going oh my god here we go again you know it's like what did i just do um but you learn during the hardships you don't learn when you're sitting fat on the hog right right (laughs) so um had that one and then you know within our group we had uh, another hotel in georgia that burned to the ground um through uh, a cigarette, you know, they, they kind of threw it on the ground oh, wow. and pff, all the pine straw in, in, in Georgia burnt the whole place down. Uh, but that was it. You know, it was just like, you know, let's keep this going. Um, I had the experience. So I had, I had uh, where people would, would trust me with their money and, you know, with hospitality and it's, it's great. It's fun. Uh, it's challenging. They're completely different type of, like the the two we have here in, in so far in Arizona, they're different. One's in a business park, um, kind of a higher end. It's in a nature way. It's in this this really nice area, close to all these big fab industrial and, and, and park. And the other one's small town off the highway um, type of a thing, you know, with truck driver parking. And, you know, so they're completely different types of hotels, even though they're both limited service. Uh, but that's how I got, got, got started. I was like, well, you know, I had all these multifamily, so let's scale it with the hotels also. So let's just keep it going. Um, and now I'm being approached by some developers that want me to actually build some hotels. So it's just getting your name out there. So I have to ask, uh, what did happen with that property that you bought in 2019 right before the, uh, yeah. the pandemic? Yeah. Um, well, you know, as soon as they, you know how it worked, as soon as they uh, quit, the spring training uh, stopped and the NBA uh, just all of a sudden said, nope. And I'm like, going, oh, crap. Okay, this must be real because I was thinking, that's ah, just the flu. As soon as it gets warm, you know, it's, you know, everyone's expectations of what it was. But we went down to uh, 8% occupancy. Yeah, that's a pretty hard time for hotels. <laughs> Very hard time, luckily. And, you know, I'm not going to be political but luckily our hotels were in states that didn't force us to shut down. And to tell people if they're looking at different multifamily and also hotels and any type of asset, I now have another buying criteria post COVID because now I have something like COVID, the pandemic to look back on is what will the state do to me if COVID 2.0 happens? Right. Will they force me? They don't care if I can afford the, the mortgage. They don't care if the mortgage, if the bank doesn't give me a deferment. They're just saying, nope, you can no longer be a business for two months or a year. Right. Um, do I want to be forced that way? So luckily the hotels were in what I call freer states where it, they gave me the choice. So all of our hotels stayed open. And then I was like, okay, we're going to shut the top two down, top two floors, the top three floors. We're now going to be a uh, you know, turn off all the HVACs, all, all the systems. We're now going to be X amount of room hotel. Uh, if the vendor or the product 
didn't uh, wasn't necessary for the existence of the hotel. They were all gone. So right. we basically, it was just a shell of a hotel. And then we went out and looked, changed our marketing, changed our sales. And, you know, the, the best thing that ever happened to us was California shut down and they shut down everything. So we actually had travel teams that were in the same neighborhoods, two miles apart from each other. They were soccer, you know, or volleyball. They actually had to, they weren't allowed to even play outdoor sports in California. Uh, so they actually drove to Arizona and played each other for two days and then drove back to California, which, and you know, they're two, two miles apart from each other. So we changed all these different things. Um, Regis's were closed down. So I was like going, Hey, how about, you know, for 50 bucks a night or 50 bucks a day, uh, we became, uh, an office for people that had to stay at home because they couldn't go into work, you know, free coffee. You have a free desk in our room. You can shower if you want, take a nap. So we just kind of expanded and looked outside the box. Yeah. And you know, that, I think that was, uh, the, the pandemic was a perfect time for creative people to shine in that regard, uh, where, you know, if you were willing to think outside the box a little bit, offer something mm -hmm. that, you know, your competitors aren't doing, uh, there were opportunities there, but you had, yeah, you had to, you had to be a little creative with it. Mm -hmm. So what are you guys, uh, you're, so you're, you're syndicating hotel deals right now. Do you accept non-accredited investors in your no, hotel syndication? Not right, no, no, no just not accredited. right now. Cause I just don't, I just, we don't need to, and I don't need the, the headache of, of, you know, a thousand investors, you know, our last syndication, I had seven investors and raised, you know, $1.8 million with seven people. And those seven people, were hey it'd be cool to be into hotels these these are people that syndicated in multifamily and it's kind of like that cool factor it's like oh i want to go and stay at my own hotel also yeah you know the investors are that way too uh, i want to say that i own a piece of a hotel um and a lot of my investors say you know because it's, it's a little sexier i guess you know saying that sure. you're in hotels so i'm like oh yeah whatever you know it takes you know um so accredited investors uh, minimum it's they're usually minimum $50,000 to get in. And well, I always say that, you know, hotels are patient capital, especially here in Arizona, you have seasonal um, occupancy, you know, during the summer, it's, it's right now, what, 115 degrees down. Right. The street. <laughs> you know, uh, you'd be insane to say, I want let's go vacation in Arizona right now. Um, so we just, you know, we kind of batten down the hatches um, and it, they're usually seven year holds because it's a business. I can't put lipstick on a hotel and usually flip it. Um, right. You can, but it, it's harder because it's a business. It takes several years to kind of get the ADR, get the expenses, maybe change the franchise, look at all you can, you can do to increase the gross revenues you know, right. so you can position it to sell it. And especially if I do a new build, you know, the, our next three are going to be ground ups. What's well, going to take just, you know, the permitting is going to take almost a year. Then it's going to take a year and a half to two years to even build it. And then a year to say, hey, to the world that we're here, you know, so that first distribution may be several years down the road. Right. Uh, but because of the cap rates and the distribution and the fact that we can do uh, X times your initial investment a lot of people like that 
And a lot of people that invest with us have enough money to where they don't really need cash distributions. They just want a diversification somewhere safe to hold it. No, that makes sense. And what kind of returns, annualized returns are you aiming for with these hotel deals? Yeah, the IRR is around 12 to 15%. Um, okay. And, you know, you can afford that just because of the, the gross revenues. You know, what's great about the hotels that people may not realize is with multifamily, it's, let's say it's $1,000 a month for a 12-month lease. The same amount of rooms or keys for a hotel, I'm at $150 a night, every night. And then if something comes in, it's $250 a night. You know, so I can change my rent, so-called rent, four times a day. It's kind of like the gas station where you, you drive past and it's the, the, you know, the amount's always changing. You know, it's because right. it's dynamic pricing. And that's why we grow so much more than, than multifamily. Um, but uh, one, we have uh, preferred returns of 12%. And oh, then wow. on, the, on the last one, uh, we're, we're offering through the pro forma, we're looking about two and a half times your uh, return, your initial investment on a return uh, once it's sold. Uh, to give you an idea, one of the hotels we bought for uh, just under $5 million, we're getting offers right now for eleven. Um, That's so fantastic. Certain type of hotels are perfect for assisted living facilities. Yeah, no, the, the silver tsunami is very real. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that, that will be an opportunity for a lot of different types of uh, investments over the next decade or two, especially, like you said, assisted living. Yeah. So if people are interested in investing with you or in uh, maybe learning from you uh, for hotel investing, how can they connect with you? Sure. Uh, you can go on our uh, podcast. We have one. It's called The Richer Geek. Dot com And you can look look up different episodes and uh, where my wife and I, she'll interview me and we'll talk hotels. You know, it's kind of a fun thing that we do. Uh, our website is gateway, P is in private, E is in equity, gatewaype.com is the website. And you can look at our portfolio and you can look at uh, the things that we do and sign up uh, to learn more about what you can do and when we open up the next offer. Oh, Mike, it, it's fascinating. I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, and it's a great way to diversify outside of the traditional multifamily and, right. and you know, God forbid, single family <laughs> uh, types of investments. Yep. Uh, so I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, we hope to, to have you back soon and, and to tell us about how those three ground up hotel bills are coming yeah. along. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, guys, please rate and review the show if you enjoy these conversations. It's a big help to us. We appreciate it. And stay in touch. Support at sparkrunnel.com. Let us know what you want to hear about in the weeks to come. And we will catch you on the flip side. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrunnel.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.